Welcome to Abnormal Mapping. This is episode 141. I'm your host, M, and with me are two special guests. Uh, first off, Dia, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, it's me, Dia. You know me. I come in here sometimes. Uh, you were just on. I was just on like talking about Resident ago, Evil. Yeah. Um, and uh, I brought you in as my historical expert. Um, because we have a special uh, episode uh, driven by a special guest. Emerson, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, I'm Emerson uh, on the Discord. Uh, I have been on a while ago for the Metroid Prime episodes, but I wasn't going by Emerson back then. Uh, yeah, no, I know how that goes. <laughs> Time is so long. Um, it's good to have you. So... Let's just get into it. Unless people want to talk about something else. If you want to do a segment one, I'll give you all a second segment one. But um, we hadn't really planned this out. Do you just want to get into it? I just want to get into it, man. Let's, we let's can get do into it. it. All right. So I have, over the past two years, have been playing Fantasy Star, the whole franchise. And I was finishing up four, and Amaris was like, you had had a outstanding Patreon episode. You were like, you, I, I love Fantasy Star. Would you just like to do Fantasy Star? And I was like, well, let me get through four and see how I feel about it. And uh, if I like it, then we'll do a thing on all of Fantasy Star. And I did. Um, spoilers. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, I'm like such a neophyte on this. I, you know, have no historical relevance for reverence for Fantasy Star. I just played them. Um, so I was like, I'll grab Dia because Dia is the person I know who is most excited other than you that I was playing through Fantasy Star. <laughs> Um, and so that's what we're doing. We're playing, we're talking, um, probably very loosely about fantasy star one, two, uh, three generations of doom and four, uh, end of the millennium, uh, today, which is all the fantasy star there is. <laughs> I, um, I'm not going to sign up for that. I know people like, um, PSO a lot, but it's outside the scope of what I'm interested in. Um, and we're not talking about it. Um, but briefly, uh, the first Fantasy Star is a Master System game that came out in 1987. Um, 
did you know it came out like two days uh after final fantasy one yeah uh outrageous um and uh is notable for being a uh sci-fi fantasy hybrid where you're in like these like dome cities and there's like stormtroopers and um it's about this woman named alice uh rev uh seeking revenge on her brother who was just like killed by cops and an evil governor of the planet or whatever. And it's got first person dungeons and you find some wizards and you got swords, but it's a lot of spaceship stuff. Um, fantasy star two is for the Sega mega drive. This came out in 1989. Um, uh, fantasy star three is 1990 and fantasy star four is 1993. They're all mega drive games. Um, that continue the story of the star system uh, in a fantasy sci-fi hybrid. We can talk broadly about the f- stories uh, game by game, but it's mostly about a plucky group of uh, cyborgs and anime characters getting together to fight uh, evil uh, governance or robot in charge of the spaceship or planetary AI or whatever that turns out to be directed by Dark Force, which is just a big nebulous evil guy who lives in a box in every game. Um, and in the final game, it's revealed that that's just the avatar of the god of all evil <laughs> in like a very goofy Ruby cutscene about how there was ultimate goodness and ultimate evil and ultimate evil sealed away, but comes out every thousand years in Castlevania. And yet somehow <laughs> Destiny manages to fuck this up r- r- routinely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah and then you kill it and all evils vanquished and that's it the end and then they made some more about some colony ships and uh dress up everything about pso just makes it seem like a dress-up game to me so yeah like i guess uh, the, the first one wasn't um now okay. it is N- now it's okay. now it's 100 we are the the world of you know online gotcha so it um I will say for the record, I played Fantasy Star on the Sega Ages release for Switch, which is what I highly recommend anyone do. Um, it's regularly on sale. It's readily available if you have a Switch. Uh, it has like an experience hack uh, and gold hack. So it's like you get like half the battles, but like twice the rewards. Um, so the the arc's still pretty regular and it does auto mapping for the dungeons, which helps a lot, honestly, if you're lazy and uh, don't want to grind against a video game. Um, Fancy Star 2, 3, and 4, I played using fan mods, uh, that I found on, you know, ROM hacking, um, that bring all of the names in line, because these games famously, seemingly all pick different names for every location in Fancy Star, um, in their translations, um, and change up a little bit of stuff, but you could, you could play them however you want. They're much harder, <laughs> because I played them real, instead of the, like, nice, easy, casual version. You had, a, you had um, the experience hack for it two right at least or i did yes i did get an experience attack for two but three and four i played straight like Ooh. it was like names were changed but i just played those games yeah um, it's really funny because these are like the one like if, you know i mean you know me i'm the one who's like what do you mean you played uh, a patched translation of simon's quest you know uh, yes, it makes the game uh, parsable without like it's looking everything up. So it's good. I'm like, actually. I'm like, no, fuck you, fuck you. You don't play that version. That's wrong. 
Fantasy Star is the one like the one franchise where I'm like, no, um, play the Sega Ages version uh, and hack whatever you need to with Fantasy Star two through four. I I do say I actually like the completely different translations just because these games take place over you know a millennia. Um, yes. So I like the fact that like you know no you know motava becomes moda and like things like that happen and um i think that's really kind of interesting given the that it's a cohesive work but like you know if you want to patch the names that's fine i don't care <laughs> um but seriously um if you want to play these uh do like patch as much as you can <laughs> they're brutal i did replay four also last month and i played it unpatched and that one seemed pretty good about, you know, just go through the dungeon, you'll get enough experience, you don't need to grind much, at least for 4. Yeah, um, 4 has, it's very forward-thinking sometimes, and, like, it has what I think of as a very modern thing. It has, like, a job board for all your side quests. There's a whole bit where there's, like, an adventurer's guild, and you go in and you get all your side quests off a job board, and you do them, and you get rewards. It's a great way to, like, power level, um... And uh, generally, I think the arc on that one is like you're mostly whenever I was grinding, it was usually for money to buy new gear and not I feel underleveled um, because you hit really fucking hard in that game. The, the spells and special abilities in that game are really good. Um, yeah, and they have the combo uh, effects in that game that are, can really yes. like just if you get those go set up are extremely like overpowering. Yeah, it also has like. You, you can set macros for your characters to just like, I want you to automate doing these things. And once you've discovered a couple of combo attacks, you can just set like your cheapest good, co- like hit all combo attacks as like a macro and just hit that every time and kind of automate most of the combat in a way that feels very like 10 years ahead of its time it's, in terms of what I think of in JRPGs. It's such a funny thing to me that like, that is, that is like the ultimate like end all be all goal of like the real hard ass, <laughs> Uh, like, you know, dungeon crawler JRPGs, like, even like the wizardry likes to come, you know, like, you know, like Etrian Odyssey, like, especially and things like that. It's just like being able to just set up like the system of this auto battle for you and just like being like, yeah, I've mastered it so much. I don't need to bother with this anymore now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, it's just, you know, like, the like American RPG developers would never go for that. Like they would, they would find it like it's weird affront, and but it's like no, this is one hundred percent the correct decision. <laughs> I don't need to mm-hmm. continue re-putting the inputs in every single time once I figured it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's also nice because the macros guarantee the order yeah. of yes. the characters. Mm-hmm. So if your combo is order dependent, you don't cause somebody's speeds increased. Screw it up, which is nice. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know how much we want to go, like, in order, we started with four, because it's the one we just finished, um, but I kind of, I feel like it, the, the way in which Santa Star unfolds is, like, part of its appeal, so one, we, like I said, first-person dungeon, relatively short, especially in the modern version you're gonna play, um, I feel like the story is, like, very contained, um, and, uh, even though the dungeons are, like, often difficult, if, and, you know, first person, a little, like, dungeon crawly, Fantasy Star 2 immediately dumps you into the most asshole dungeons I think I've ever played in a video game. <laughs> oh, 2 is definitely the worst in my mind of, from a difficulty standpoint. Yeah, 2 is 
a incredibly difficult game. I know that the original release just came with all the maps of the dungeons. You need the maps of the, if you try oh, to yeah. like, not go if you in rented it, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you try to explore these dungeons without knowing where you're going, uh, the enemy encounters, because the thing with Fantasy Star 2, especially, um, and this gets a little less so in the future games, but it's still true. It's Fantasy Star is not super big on bosses. It's the dungeon itself that's the motherfucker. Uh, so if you're like wandering around lost in a dungeon, it is so dangerous and difficult <laughs> to extricate yourself. Oh, yeah. You have to make sure you have an escapite. Yes. <laughs> or the whatever the technique is that's the same. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that just shows you like where it comes, like, you know, the, the, the lineage like uh that it comes out of like is so steeped in wizardry wizardry doesn't have mm-hmm. bosses really like there's like me you know you get the one big motherfucker at the very 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 end mm-hmm. um but like until then no it's just you're, you're just going through the the you know the process of just beating your head against this dungeon and it's a maze and it's you need to like you know duck in and duck out as you go um, yeah yeah, uh, Fanstar 2 has, like, four bosses, and they're all, like, very story-relevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very low-key in that way. But it does mean, like, the final dungeons in that game are just some of the hardest I've ever seen. And it's, like, really interesting, I think, in that, like, there's this one where it's, like, a lot of, like, falling through floors to levels above and below. I had recently, when I was playing this, just played Dragon Quest 2, and they feel very aligned with each other. Uh, Dragon Quest 2 also has a bunch of asshole dungeons that I like despite everything. Um <laughs> <laughs> um where it just is like by the time you're done it's just like everyone's exhausted you're out of everything you're like i barely made it out that was sick <laughs> <laughs> um which is as somebody like grew up on final fantasy just not my percent like ps1 final fantasy in particular not my perception of what a jrpg dungeon is no and even like you know um uh what is the earth cave in final fantasy one is like the you know uh kind of notorious first just like you know just pound you in the ass dungeon that like people encounter and like that's nothing compared to what final fantasy what fantasy star 2 will throw at you like yeah. as you're like oh god the, the is it climate troll is that the first one um climate troll is a big yeah one. climate troll like climate troll is like the dungeon that just like you're just like how did anyone conceive of people doing this mm-hmm. um and then you finally do it and it feels awful and great at the same time yes um and then one of the things in Fantasies are too that like gets introduced that I like throughout the series is um different characters have different like not just like elemental properties but the main thing in Fantasy Star 2 is like monsters versus mechanical enemies and different mm-hmm. guys have different affinities for what the thing they fuck up well is um and I think that's really interesting like because the game is so bought into the fantasy sci-fi juxtaposition as it's setting i like that that's reflected in the battle system yeah yep and fantasy star 2 also uh did the uh look spoilers for final fantasy and i guess fantasy star 2 did the Aerith uh um death first yes (laughs) multiple years before uh yeah where you permanently lose a party member uh, I was really sad because she was my MVP too. It's not like Aerith. Where I was oh, like, yeah, she's oh, great. She, she's Aerith was cooling her heels at the end for most of just one of Final Fantasy VII. Because uh, no thanks, I want someone who can hit things. <laughs> uh, Nay, unfortunately, is also very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's one of my was always one of my heavy hitters when I've played that game. 
But I do like, I like, you know, to like the elemental property guy. Like, I like what is it? Kane um, when he shows up, and he's just like, "I'm a wrecker. Fuck robots." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Anna is the hunter, and she's really good with the yeah. monsters, and has the slicer that hits everybody. I think. Yeah. The um, utility of hit all weapons in a game that's like about. Like you, you were confronted with enemies in like a line in like a Dragon Quest style setting, um, and those like hit all weapons are just good the entire time. Um, which I wanted to get to three because three brings in my my favorite character in Fantasy Star, which is Ren, uh, Eternal Badass, just <laughs> everyone's favorite robot, um, who's well, here to kick ass. He is cool. He's not my favorite robot in Fantasy Star, but he is cool. Um, so. Three's big thing, uh, Generations of Doom, is uh, so this is. <laughs> let me. I'm just gonna go off for a second here. Looking up things about this, everyone's like, Fantasy Star Three is the is the the bad one. It's like a different team making it. It's not as good. Uh, it, it leans way into the fantasy stuff and not enough into the sci-fi stuff. To which I say, some of those things might be true, but have you? Did you actually play the game, or are you just repeating shit you heard on message board? Because the, it is a sci-fi video game. <laughs> it is not like it opens on fantasy stuff. Um, but it's a game about a human robot mixed party managing a decaying colony ship as you go around and fix all the broken systems on your colony ship. Uh, it's so good about its sci-fi stuff. I don't know what people are talking about. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it, 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 people at the time even like, were like, uh, this is just gay fantasy shit. I didn't, if I wanted that, I'd play Final Fantasy. And it's like, what, what did you, did you play more than like? 15 minutes because jesus christ um yeah it like opens yeah, it opens like, very traditionally like a dragon steals your girlfriend on the day of your wedding and um but even in doing that you find out that the whole thing is about like different like cylinders of the colony ship interacting with each other because they're different kingdoms uh because no one really quite knows about like they know that the technology is there but they've kind of forgotten how any of it works or what it's there for but then you find all the robots that run stuff uh behind the scenes it's all just the way it's laid out is really interesting and that game in particular has a thing where it's in three acts so you play the first group with reese and all of his guys and then you you pick a, a woman to marry and then you have kids and then those kids go on from adventure and then that happens again to where like the game has like you know 25 different characters which you're only going to see uh like 15 of them any given playthrough because you get whatever generation you bought into going down yeah and the nice thing is you every character is in your party because it's like this generation you get this party then mm-hmm. next generation you the kid you get the kid you get the the two androids who's don't age and then pick up new party members to fill it out but you're not like managing who's there you just get everybody and get to use them for that whole act mm-hmm. yeah and yeah um and so that introduces ren who is the uh cool cyborg who transforms into vehicles in the third game and is just generally your like tanky badass with a gun that shoots everybody uh, i love ren i think ren is so cool <laughs> ren is great uh i i'm a more of a, a mew person myself but ren is my second favorite character probably of the Leia's up there too, but those three are my like top tier ones from Fantasy Star Three. My favorite thing about Ren is like Ren is like you know so from this era of like anime robots, he's got the the like the side headpiece. It's like a set of headphones that are bolted to his head, but the human yes. face that like permanently frayed. It's like yeah, 
That's when you know this is from. Uh, Ren <laughs> turns to a jet ski, uh, which is sick. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> Red rules. Um, and so much of that is about these, these you know, Fire Emblem-ass characters joining up with robots to learn how to manage this uh, ship that they're on, that they're stuck on. Um, and like I said, everyone says it's like, oh, this is the bad one. Don't play it. And I, I don't see it. It makes me want to like, I think Fantasy Star 3 is really good. I don't know if it's like categorically better than the other two around it, but it makes me want to be the Fantasy Star 3, like, you know, defender and champion because it needs it. I don't understand why people are so mean about this game. No, I mean, I completely agree. Fantasy Star 3, I am the Fantasy Star 3 defender. <laughs> That's was actually the first JRPG I ever played was Fantasy Star 3. Mm. So maybe that's part of it, but I went back to two later and then did four and then one finally went back to one. Mm-hmm. But uh, three is my favorite still. I, just the whole way the generations work and the reveal about it being on a colony ship and everything that goes along with it was just a blast. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why people talk down about it. It doesn't make any sense to me because I still love that you game. I think Em and um, I talked about this and did we, I, I agree that they just didn't actually play it. <laughs> or they yeah, didn't play more probably. than like an hour. Um, and then Fantasy Star 4 is, um, <laughs> it's weird because like it, it picks up more on the on the planets of t- 1 and 2. Um, but like there's a Ren style android that's a major party member that uh, is the best. I love Ren again still. It doesn't turn into a jet ski unfortunately, but. Um, no, but he turns into a hydrofoil. Yeah. Um, but is, um, this one is like really like, you get a bunch of different. It has like Final Fantasy four uh, aspects to it, where you get a bunch of rotating final party members, and they all have a slightly different like utility. And at the very end, they all show up and it's like, which one are you going to pick? Uh, like all of the four remakes do. Um, and you're like, well, I want the guy who can restore MP. Clearly, he's the best guy, even though I think he's like one of the most annoying characters in the game. I'm going to pick him because <laughs> he's the only way you can restore MP in the video game. Um, uh, but. Um, Everyone that one you have a bunch of you have like th- that guy who's like a green alien man and you have like a bird man and you have multiple robots and everyone operates really differently. Where like you can't heal the robots with normal healing techniques. They only heal when you move on the map or they use particular skills. They have for only work on robots. Um, but that means they have just like aggressive magical defense at all times. They're just good at tanking um, and the aliens all work differently. And the game is like proto sega cd and that it's got a bunch of like anime cutscenes that are presented as still like windows almost like a like comic zone but good <laughs> is the way i would describe it where they're all like nice little inset panels of, of anime uh characters interacting and it's all moody and uh fun and i think it's just really good at the storytelling part it's, like just got a ton of polish for a game from 93 Oh yeah, that that game was also very expensive when it came out. I remember it was like a hundred bucks. I want to say. Oh my god! Yeah. I think all of um, them ended up being that because they all ended up like Sega just really ended up pushing weird, like you know, uh, technology in in like really just kind of like being like, no, no, we're gonna put more chips inside this cartridge, um, and so they all <laughs> ended up being like really expensive. Um, like, uh, what was it? Fantasy Star 1 was like, I think it was like one of the first games that had battery backup. Hmm. Probably. Yeah. I got two used. So I don't know. Because I got three first as a gift when I got my Genesis. 
and I got two used, which meant it had the book in it, and somebody had already drawn paths through half of the dungeons in the book, which was helpful. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and then I got four last, and uh, one I emulated way later. So that... Yeah. Well, it's weird, because, like, I've, my first encounter with Fantasy Star was, like, the, like, old Sega, like, Sonic Mega Genesis collection or whatever for, like, GameCube or something, um, where I got it, and there was, like, a, an in-game achievement for, like, beat the first whatever in Fantasy Star, and I did a little bit of that, and I was like, well, I'm never going to play this, because it's not fun. It doesn't look like Final Fantasy. I was much younger, and much less curious about RPGs, um, and... Uh, one of our emails is like, why is Fantasy Star not a big deal? Because Sega doesn't treat it like a big deal. Like, y- they package all these games in, like, your big collections, but only Fantasy Star 1 has, like, a nice modern version that has the conveniences you'd want out of something like this. And the other ones just kind of sit in ROM collections that nobody likes that much. <laughs> and it's weird. It's really unfortunate. There's a very good chance that Sega doesn't even know where anything related to Fantasy Stars 2 through 4 even is anymore. <laughs> like there's a God. very good possibility that it was thrown out like um i don't know but like given the way um sega uh and and all of the big game companies handled preservation of their materials um from the 80s and 90s and apparently mm-hmm. still today uh god knows um where any of these files are. uh yeah fair enough I'm like, there's that, there's that PS2 version that never came out in the West, and there's a Game Boy Advance collection of one through three. I know in Japan it had all four, but it's just one through three in in the West. That's where like my my favorite, like one of my favorite people to follow on uh, Twitter is like Yuzo Koshiro because he's just like, I dug out some of my old like floppies that I did for Streets of Rage. Here, I'm gonna play them on the original hardware for you guys now, and it's like, well, so at least someone yeah, has this. Yes. Um, yeah, it was weird because, like, I mean, I, I have the bias here of I was not no one. Only one person I knew growing up had a Genesis. I just wasn't a Sega person. I didn't care about Sonic, so I didn't care about any of this. Um, but going back to these, I'm like, these feel exceptional and is are just a self-contained story over four games, none of which are particularly super long. And outside of two, super difficult that you could just play and experience. Why haven't? Why isn't everyone into Fantasy Star? I feel like it's in everyone's aesthetic wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't. I don't get it. Like, um, I mean, yeah, it's I'm just if you if you weren't a Genesis kid and you uh, like, they only are out as ROMs or a few collections here and there. Most people have never even experienced them. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like you said, Sega doesn't exactly advertise that they have this amazing series. Yeah. The, 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 there's a whole story. Like, that's the, playing these being like, because everyone's like, oh, PSO is a different thing. And 4 ended with like an actual like ending. And I was like, I don't believe you. Um, but it's, 4 literally has a bit where the main guy Chaz is like, I, I, I don't, I'm tired of being ordered around doing JRPG shit. It's boring. It sucks. Uh, why am I doing all this? And uh, Lutz, the reincarnated mage of all these games goes, okay, go in the cave and do do the uh, Return of the or, uh, Empire Strikes Back thing uh, where you commune with the spirits of all the warriors who went before and you find the sword from Aelis. Um 
And she's just she just lays out to you that everyone has been fighting the same battle for thousands of years. And you are part of a legacy of people who've sacrificed for things that are right, not just following orders. And it's all good. It's like such a good capper, even though it's like very basic anime stuff. It's all done with like a levity and a a like confidence that just really works for me. Uh, and yeah. nothing ends like you know like Shenmue's never ending Xeno Saga never ended it's never going to <laughs> uh, they just did it they made four and they were out peace the end yeah and then like and they were all happy with it too like that's the thing it was yes. just like, it was like we are happy to be done with this and like we give our blessing to like people going forward with fan like I remember like there was like you know where like when Fantasy Star Online came out of course there were all the IGN and GamePro and EGM articles and shit like that it was like where does this fit in with Fantasy Star it's like like I think like, like like I think one of the original developers was like well we had all those colony ships in three that no one played maybe it's one of those and it's like yeah yeah <laughs> okay you mean all the ones that uh either landed in the system or uh, were destroyed by Dark Force except for two, those ones? <laughs> yeah. No one played Neither it, so it doesn't one. matter to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, it's just really strange because uh, I was very surprised by how much I like these. And then I got a lot of responses when I was posting about them that people were like, all every like people who played them have a lot of affection for them. I just never hear them talked about. It's just strange to me because everyone's very like old RPG moded in at least our communities. Um, you know, everyone's popping for Live Alive and they should. Live Alive's great, but like Fantasy Star is right there. It's the most accessible thing in the world. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, you know, I think like, you know, I know like two is incredibly punishing and it's, it is frustrating it is. and it's difficulty. And like, if you, unless you're like, you know, but now, okay. I I rented like Final Fantasy Fantasy Star Two was the, my first Fantasy Star. Like, that's where I started mm-hmm. because I didn't have a master system, um, and like I rented it because like it looked kind of neat. And I was like, "Was well, this animation on the back cover and like this front cover's got this weird painting?" Like, okay, sure, let's fucking Fantasy Star, let's do it. And yes, like I brought it home and like you know, as soon as like the the like the opening like cutscene kicked in, I was just like. And like, uh, it's like that, that big, heavy, like a, that warm synth that's like the, 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 you know, the, the, the terrible Yamaha FM synthesis chip. That's like, like it's trying to be warm, but it's still really mechanical sounding. And like, um, I was just like, just like, this is the best game ever. This is, this is, this is hands down. going to be, going to be the best game ever. And then like we started, I started playing it. I was like, holy shit, this is the hardest thing. I am six. What the fuck? Um, I couldn't imagine playing. Really? Yes, <laughs> and you didn't even have the book to help you. Like, yeah, no, and there was no. I didn't have the manual with the game. Like, yeah. some motherfucker, like you know, some other kids kept it. <laughs> so I was just like stumbling through this, but now you got game facts, like you got all that shit. Like, come on, y'all. Like, yeah, let's go play Fantasy Star Two. Um, I ended up actually having to briefly trade my Super Nintendo to one of my like my friends slash classmates at the time to borrow his master system so I could play <laughs> Fantasy Star 1 because he had it. And he didn't re- – he was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of mid. Like, I don't know. if like fan- Final Fantasy was better, IMO. And I was like, oh, I want to play it anyway because I played 2 and that was wild. And like, let's – I want to give it a shot. And um, 
then after that, he was like, actually, can I can I borrow your Genesis so I can play Fantasy Star 2? And I'm like, yeah, you want to play this, son. It's good. But. Yeah. I just It's just a weird... Uh, I feel like a lot of people either were in it or just have never gone back to it. Mm-hmm. And, um... No, it very much, even at the time, it felt like either like people knew or they didn't know. And like... Yeah. You know, they were like, you know, there were plenty of people that just like were they weren't JRPG people, and they would never be JRPG people. So, because it was like no, no sense in like you know pushing that on yeah. them. Um, it's really funny to me as someone who like was a Nintendo kid and would got into Final Fantasy, like how unabashedly of its time anime fantasy story is, which I don't feel it comes across when you play like the original versions of like. You know, you're, if you're playing Earthbound or you're playing Final Fantasy, um, just feel like they're not this. This could just be an OVA. <laughs> the things in Fantasy Star that happen feel like OVAs. The design feels like anime from OVA tapes of the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, it's just all there on the page in a way that like, why weren't people like turbo weebs about Fantasy Star? I guess they were just not that many of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like you had to be the turbo weeb. Like, and, like even like yeah. with three, you know, I knew at the time that, like, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm in a field fighting birds right now with a sword, and mm-hmm. we've got the dragon, the kid, and I'm like, okay, like, this is still going to be on some major sci-fi shit because it's Fantasy Star, and anime just does this. Anime has no problem with, yeah, cyborgs and dragons totally live side by side. Yes. Like, even- uh, so many of the monsters are just goopy in, like, a very, like, techno-horror OVA way that I just love. <laughs> Yeah, that's why even though like I don't <laughs> like the um <laughs> is it Boris Vallejo that did the cover for Fantasy Star 2? I think it's oh, a Boris. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the bad the bad American With- cover. Like I'm still about it because like I think he did actually capture the monsters really well. Um mm. even if Nee and Rolf are for some reason like like Rolf is like sixty five years old, and yes. he is um like a, a a more jugged up Deanna Troy. That's literally <laughs> who I was thinking of when I was thinking of that cover. God. Uh yeah no it it's it's um what was I gonna say um it's weird because like I think of the way in which this is your couple years down the road but like. When the ads for like Lunar Silver Star Story for the PS1 came out, all working designs had to do was be like, look, anime cutscenes, you eat this shit up, right? right? And I was like, yes, I will. Here's here's $70. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just feel like the culture, like, at least in America, Fantasy Star just feels like a couple years too early to really hit. And it's it's weird in that way. That's why it's it's weird to me that it was brought over. Like, yeah, like, I I mean, you know, with with. With Fantasy Star 1, it's really strange that it was brought over to me because – but I guess, like, they were like, well, you know, Americans like Ultima. They like Wizardry. They they like, you know, like these these kinds of PC games. Maybe that'll bring over. Um, we can we can cultivate them that way. Um, but Fantasy Star 2 coming out in the 16-bit era, just, like, people aren't, like, you know – JRPGs haven't hit big yet. So it's – and it's a weird one. No. And it's a sequel that's very much a sequel. And, like, you can play it without playing the first one. But it really does help to play the first one to be like, oh, okay. Yes. So it's, 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 it yes. is a weird decision that that one, like, it's amazing that it came over at all. And, like, thanks, Sega, for letting us have this. Because, damn. Yeah. 
Uh, which is weird because like two, I think of all four of them are the one that is the one that like I think ha- like hits really hard when it hits, but it's also like hard to recommend because it is just so difficult. But also it's like the best ending of an RPG, maybe. <laughs> so good. And I, I talked about this on it a couple of Normal Mappings ago uh, when I first beat it. But uh, the ending revealing that like everything that's been happening is like part of a master plan by earthlings from earth coming to invade your planets uh because they're moving over here and they've got a whole army in a back room waiting to take over now that they've weakened you all through like a computer overlord it's just good it's just a fantastic ending your party members all line up and we're like we're gonna die but we're gonna die fighting and that's the end of the video game can't get better than that yep and you never see if they finish taking out the earthmen or if they do go down yeah no hey there's no earthmen in fantasy star 4 it's true that's true (laughs) And depending on your ending of Fantasy Star 3, you find out that the reason the Earthlings might know about your system is because a black hole dropped your colony ship off at Earth in the past, and the first people you talked to were the British. <laughs> yeah, that's not the ending I got, but it was very funny. Yeah. Such a good um, because it, Which because is funny because also the... at the same time, kind of fuck you, Yoko Taro, you're not that unique. Yes. <laughs> um the part where like because it has the branching paths of who you marry and who your kids are just has like four disparate endings is good i think that stuff's very cool yeah my personal favorite ending is the one where you and the uh, other colony ship meet up and it arrives just after you finish taking out dark force and they're like we know dark force is here we're ready to go we got an army we're here to help this is is the one i got i think we're like, yeah, nope, it's it's handled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny because, like, this game comes out two years before Dragon Quest V, which is the one I think of as, like, the generational RPG that really defines, like, that ambitious quality that you can have where it's like, no, you're going to grow up, you're going to have kids, those kids are going to go on adventures. Um, Dragon Quest V, like, one of the biggest games ever released. It, it's great classic but like fast star ace lunch did this earlier and did it like more thoroughly by going through three whole generations but it's just so funny because for the long like and you know for the longest time i didn't realize that this just came out before dragon quest 5 um yeah. and because everyone talks about dragon quest 5 because yes like the weebs all went to dragon quest because of akira toriyama mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, to be fair i love dragon <laughs> oh quest, yeah but like um watching it exist in the context of other rpgs that are doing a lot of things that people will attribute to dragon quest earlier is just it's it's heartening to see like all these things in conversation and find the gems that are doing like being ambitious in interesting ways and that, uh, before enix comes in swinging that's the thing that i think I, I, one of my favorite things about like you know i really i love the kind of progression through time that we get to see with fantasy star i love like you know the weird swings that they take but they take those weird things in part because this is still the era where they're figuring out what they're even making you know like mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can kind of get Dragon Quest kind of kicking off. Like, what, what, what's, what is, what is happens when, you know, someone, you know, a Japanese developer decides to take on Ultima and Wizardry and you get Dragon Quest. And then from there, that kicks off and spirals into, you know, all these other things. And like, but like Fantasy Star, each, like, each iteration is like takes these big wild swings of trying to figure out how to make these games. And then you end up with like four, which ends up being like, you know, it's really, really hyper competent in a lot of ways, but then still does like, you know, like let's try some wacky shit. (laughs) 
Like, mm-hmm. full-on vehicle combat. What? Yes. Oh, the vehicle combat in 4 is so cool, because you get, uh, like, a... Uh, a tank and like a snow uh digger or like a hydrofoil and there's still random battles on the world map but they're all presented from the cockpit of a giant machine and you get machine specific attacks uh it's kind of like the magitech armor section in fantasy six um and you heal between battle every time but uh it's just interesting to see like the scale change like you're fighting bigger sized enemies and just like knocking lumps out of each other with like missile barrages and stuff (laughs) No, it's it's really I really love it. Like the they they actually do play with scale, and it's not like yes, oh you're just fighting the same guys, but now you're in a tank, and the tank is scaled like you know, like yeah you're in a big tank, but it's it's you know the wep the the scale to your level kind of thing. They're like no no no, you're doing you're doing like ship to ship combat, bitches. Let's go. Well, one of the things I well, like yeah. uh, is early on you you use the tank to fight like sandworms, and later on on foot you you encounter those same sandworms as it's just a party as like a monster you can fight and grind against because they give really good XP. Yeah, um, yeah. and you uh, have an early side quest where you if you you have to go fight a sandworm that somebody was growing, and it's a pain in the ass boss fight. Oh, it, it's and so hard when you first get it. I did it right away, <laughs> yeah. and I like barely squeaked. Me too. <laughs> And yeah, and then you get the tank and you're just like blasting the heck out of the same thing. Yes. Yeah, that stuff's really good. Um, the side quests in general are really interesting because like a lot of them feel like, like, you know, like Xenoblade Chronicles, like a go do a little like job board style quest. Um, and there's only eight of them, but like half of them aren't even like dungeons or combat. It's just like get something for someone, bring it to another city because you can teleport around and no one else can. Uh, please deliver the, the doodad that will help my daughter recover from her illness or whatever. And it's good. That stuff's all very charming. Especially since Chaz has comments about being asked to do menial tasks all the time. I know! <laughs> Just a whiny little boy. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, that's... And then some of the best, like, uh, weapon... Like, not weapons, but... Upgrades for some of the androids are on those side quests too. Yes. Yeah, it's funny because like you get a uh, uh, Demi who's like a, a young girl android, and Ren who's you know just Ren who's just the the cool tank guy. And when you find upgrades just in chests, and everyone's like, "What's what's this?" Chaz is always like, "What is this strange contraption?" And uh, Demi's like, "Could you all please turn around as I install this?" And Ren's just like, "All right, I'm putting it in." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I thought it was a good character bit that uh, Ren does not ask everyone to look away as he jams equipment into his chest or whatever. Yeah, and he's he gets the one. He's like, "This is an anti uh, like satellite and planet weapon, but I can, can I can put it to in. destroy a <laughs> yeah <laughs> an entire like installation in ten seconds or something like that." Is his comment? Yep, I'm going to use it on six toads because they're really annoying. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that sounds very uh, good. God. Dia, you want to talk about the music? I know you do. Well, we've got the question about the music, but so, I mean. Um, do you want to just go to questions? We can go to I questions if we like. Do we have more to talk about? I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I was trying to think of anything else. Which, just out of curiosity, which. Uh, Route did you go in Fantasy Star 3 M? Uh, M. Let's see. Let me go look at the guys because it's been a couple of months. So, um, 
I went with um with Ein in the in the second uh one. Um mm-hmm. and then that means I must have gone with oh, I went with Sean for sure. So, Sean. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Ein is the side with the cyborgs as the main enemies in the second generation. Um yes. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the rebellion against Loon. That stuff's just not okay. in my thing. Yeah, that's another cool thing about three. Oh, yeah, yeah like right. Three you- just has the Witcher Two thing where a third of the game is different yeah. depending on which way you go. Yep. Uh, the third and generation the setup- collapses back down, but that second one's just two yeah. different paths. Yeah, completely different. And then the starting point of the third is different, but it, yeah, it then funnels back to the same end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- yeah, one well, th- since you did mention music, one thing I about Fantasy Star 3's music, which is, I can't think of many other games that do this, is the battle music will shift between different versions based on how you're doing in the battle, mid-battle. Yeah, I think of this as like a, a much later thing in console games. I know like adaptive music's like the big Monkey Island thing, right? That's the game I think of as like, oh, that's what really did it. I know it's probably earlier than that, but um, it, mm-hmm. it going into console games, I think of like, the way like Zelda games would transition into like warning states versus like uh, peaceful states in there in the way they build up music uh, cues in like N64 and Wind Waker. Um, it is, it is interesting. <laughs> also um, it does mean that you hear the, like the like build up to the success version of the theme, like every time. And each one's like a 45 second loop. And I'm like, this is a little much. The, the battle <laughs> I like, star three a lot um and i like the soundtrack a lot i think the battle theme in particular is a little bit uh, like steel wool being rubbed against your brain <laughs> oh see i think my, my favorite thing is that like i really like the losing battle theme in fantasy star three oh, it is really good like, oh, that's a good that one. no i guess the problem is like like it's like unless you're throwing the fight like you know you never get to hear it because hopefully you're not doing that poorly um this reminds me of like um i will permanently have because uh, I think, like, you know, aside from, like, Mario, which, like, of course, had the you're running out of time, we're speeding things up. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, Dragon Quest, OG Dragon Quest, you had your battle music yeah. and then you had the you're in critical health, like, and we're going to put the, the like, nightmare alarm music on. Um, like, that is permanently embedded in my brain because, you know, I I I did not understand how to play. I had to learn. Dragon Quest had to teach me what a, an RPG was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was, you know, I died a lot learning how to play RPGs. Um, so that is just like permanently just seared into my head. But the, um, uh, the, 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 you're losing Fantasy Star Three uh, battles music is so good. It's like, why isn't this the winning one? I don't want to be triumphant. <laughs> this, this, like, sick electro clash shit. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the the song seared in my head still like is the dungeon music from Fantasy Star Three. Just from when you need to get Mormaceta to buy equipment, and you're just walking back and forth in the dungeon grinding, and that that's music just randomly pops in my head um, to this day. Mine, mine is probably just the town music in three, because uh, um, Fantasy Star Three was like the game I set up most of my like graphical knowledge on my Mister with as i was transitioning to playing games on my mister so i just spent like three hours fiddling with video and audio settings 
uh, to get them dialed in in this t- one town at the beginning of uh, Fantasy Star 3. So just that one loop of the town theme is like, I'm going to hear that till I die. <laughs> yeah, well, I have the added bonus of being a dumb, like, 13-year-old when I played Fantasy Star 3 the first time, so I only used one save state through the game the first time, then realized that if I wanted to see the rest, I had to start over at the very beginning. Oh, damn. <laughs> so played through it in full two times, but... You know, figured out, oh, I can save here second time through at the, you know, after the decision point, And now I can go back and work my way through the other three routes from here, at least. But it was <laughs> you get in the end and be like, wait a second. Now I got to start this whole thing over, don't I? Um, yeah. Uh, is that it? We'd like to move on to questions. Yeah, sure. questions. All right. Hello, Editing M here to tell you that we did this all in one big segment, so didn't really have a lot of time for music, so I'm editing in a short musical interlude here in the middle of the episode. If you're not interested in the music of Fantasy Star 2, 3, and 4, mostly 3, uh, go ahead and skip ahead about 12 minutes or so, and you should be near the end of it. Um, but, you know, otherwise sit back and enjoy. It's not uh, very often we get to just pump in a bunch of music, so I think these soundtracks are really good. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the episode.
if you'd like to send in questions, uh, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, neither Dean or Amos will be here next time, but I'll continue to answer questions about Fantasy Star. I do know about the uh, pre-Fantasy Star 2 uh, visual novel game thing, I, and I know it has a fan translation. I intend to play it at some point. <laughs> I was just to ask you that. I do. I like, so now that you're it. now that you're uh, all visual novel pilled, like I was like, are you going to play the Fantasy Star one? Yeah, probably. Um, so our first question is a really long one. I'm gonna I'm just gonna summarize, but it's about um, Fantasy Star being a game where, like, with a lot of old games, it was like you need a guide. Um, and <laughs> back in the day, you could just call up Sega in America supposedly, and you could just they, if you bugged them enough, they would just mail you printed off pages of the guide. Um, which reminded me of when I played Final Fantasy IX and just went through multiple ink cartridges printing off the pages that the official guide I paid money for would point you to on a website because that's infamously one of the worst guides ever made in history because they wanted to integrate it with a website. Um, terrible, terrible experience. Um, uh, but was just about... Um, I don't really, there's like not a question necessarily, but just talking about experience with guides and stuff and two coming with a guide. When I played two, I looked at, I found a website that just had the, the like sprite maps of the dungeons to get through them. Cause they're just like that. <laughs> you just need a big map, um, which I'm always very fond of. I'm glad people are still doing that work out there. In these early games, the most important thing is a map. Like you can, you can figure out the rest of it, but like uh, in final fantasy it came with uh, the big maps like uh, the big fold, mm. the, like the fold out map that had like, you know, it showed you where all the chests were <laughs> in mm. like the Earth Cave and shit. It was like, oh, yeah, this is so crucial. Um, which if you rented it, you were always always like a coin toss. It was like, is it going to get any of this stuff? Um, yes. It's weird because like so much of RPGs in this era is like talk to people in town and they'll just kind of be like, hey, your next thing is to the east. Or like one person on the left side of town will be like, to the east is the village of whatever. And then someone on the west side of town will be like, I've heard the village of whatever is suffering from blah, blah, blah. And I go, oh, well, that's where I'm going. Okay, fine. Um, but it's the part where you go into the fucking like mechanics lab and it's three floors and 800 elevators. You're like, I want a map. I don't, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Yeah, and if you jump off here, you'll land on this spot to get to this walkway you couldn't reach otherwise to get to another elevator. Oh, I just recently played through Fantasy Mystic Quest. You want to talk about bullshit multi-floor Zelda puzzles and RPG? That's one of them. It's so good. God, <laughs> they are both good and annoying. <laughs> um, I'm a little more split on uh, Mystic Quest than I am uh, Fantasy Star Two. I will say. <laughs> um. But it is it is interesting to see a time when those were not very different genres with like no overlap. Um, anyway, that that one's from Eddie, who also mentioned that I was only able to afford Fantasy Star Four because I was pocketing my lunch money for weeks instead of buying food with it. <laughs> this is why we need lunch programs and Final Fan and Fantasy Star programs. <laughs> Biden, get on this. Give, give the kids RPGs. Give the kids Fantasy Star and school lunches. Yeah. Um, Hilver writes in, what's your favorite intentional misspelling in games, i.e. fantasy with a PH or combat with a K? Hmm. I mean, I'm probably fantasy with a PH just because of the series, but I'm trying to think any other good ones. That's fair. Fantasy Star is a good one. I do like it, though. I will say having to abbreviate everything to the PS2 
two through four has been a little confusing when talking to like broadly to people um, who don't know <laughs> that I'm currently playing through all of these. <laughs> oh yeah, if you say like, yeah, I'm really enjoying PS4, they're like, what? What do you mean by that? What game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm down on Mortal Kombat with a K. I hate that they use it for everything. I think it's kind of hokey. Yeah. If they just did Mortal Kombat with a K, it wouldn't be so bad. But it's like every word that starts with a C has a K in that Yes. Series. Yeah. Um, Alex writes in, which Fantasy Star soundtrack goes the hardest and why is it Fantasy Star 3? Dio. So I was, I was initially, you know... Um, Fantasy Star 2 is, is for me is like that's where I, I plant my flag. Um mm-hmm. because I think I, th- I think that one um one my first fantasy star. Like well, it's going to mm-hmm. be real here. We have to accept that. Um it's also it's very weird and very not what you're getting out of other uh JRPGs in this era. It's also really not in t- like a whole lot of what you're getting in video games that come to america uh, at this time mm-hmm. either like it's not you know fantasy star one is kind of arcadey like um a lot of the tracks there are you know they're very kind of expected and um they really sound like kind of a lot of like every other sega game at the time um fantasy star 2 comes out with this like trying very hard to do these big warm like like trying to replicate uh, like analog synthesizers on what's essentially like, you know, a Yamaha DX7 uh, stripped down to its bare essentials and shoved into a game console. So it is this kind of like, you know, running these like warm, friendly, peppy, like just kind of Project Echo ass, uh, you know, incidental riffs through a really harsh mechanical um you know, sound processor. Uh, so for me, it's two. But, Am, you had a good point um, that you should bring up here because I want to riff on that. So <laughs> the the initial, like, town and shop tracks in, in Fantasy Star 3 um, just have a quality that's, like, meant to be, like, pastoral JRPG tunes. Like, the most generic shit. I think of, like... In my mind, they just remind me of, like, what Final Fantasy VI is doing when it goes really big. And, like, Final Fantasy VI is all over the map with, like, every different song is a different pastiche of some kind of genre. Um, But, um... Because they're through the the sounds of that game in particular, they just sound like awful broken robots trying to make Renfair music. And I find that (laughs) so appealing in that immediately it's, like, just a little on edge... Um, and a little harsh um, and it feels intentionally on purpose given the general tenor of the game is usually like hard hitting like action tunes or like moody dungeon music um, to just have these these what would be like full string you know like atelier gust compositions <laughs> but they just are like the most like flat digital sound waves possible and that's that that really hit for me when you when you when you brought that up when i was like okay i gotta go re-listen to fantasy star 3 because i don't remember it hitting that hard so let me go and redo that and like i was kind of like mm. but thinking about that putting it into literally putting it into robot carnival to- like terms yeah and then just thinking about 
what Fantasy Star 3 is and then like taking it back to Fantasy Star 2. Like Fantasy Star 2 is about, you know, these systems are breaking down. It's it's, you know, mm-hmm. uh climate troll is, you know, like is like, you know, like we're we're releasing like weird monsters are showing up and like the the, you know, the weather's going wild and like it's all like, you know, mother brain is like freaking out and like broken and shit like that. And so you have um like I was, I was today. I was watering day for the house plants, and we put uh, plantation, which is this, you know, very famous 1976 um, electronic music uh, uh, album, and it is very just like you know, lots and lots of like Moog synths and things like that. Just very warm composition, electronic compositions, and it's like very kind of gentle feeling and it's like, Oh, the plants are growing and you are growing and we are all growing. It's very 1970s. Like let's be hippie plant people. Um, But it's, you know, you take that with fantasy star two, where it's like, okay, the, the, you know, the, the glass bubble that we live in when it is, everything is controlled for us by these systems that uh, the humans introduced. Um, is starting to fall apart and we are going to see the shit that's underneath it. And like, we can see like where the, the, the robots are breaking down. Then you get to fantasy star three and it's like, Oh, this whole idyllic fantasy bullshit. It's all like, you know, we're, (laughs) we're on a colony ship in space um, because things went bad. (laughs) And now we're fleeing to find new homes and we're living on this generation ship. And, you know, it's not, it's not in great repair either. Um, and so you do have this kind of like these broken robots performing what people thought people needed on these colony ships. Like, you know, like uh, the 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 record that we sent out um, on the Voyagers. Like, it's like, it's like, well, we put music on here that people might like to listen to when they go off. And like now the robots, you know, 924, 924 years. No, 924 years between two and four. Or one and two. One and two. It's a thousand it's years. It's a thousand years between like each one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, you know, 2,000 years on, the robots ain't so good no more. Um, so I think two is still my preference, but I definitely see a place for three. I see the argument for three being uh, the one, if you have to pick one. Um, mm-hmm. But I would argue don't because they're all one part of the same parcel. Um, I really like all four soundtracks. I th- I think like one of the weird things, just personal taste wise, is I don't think I would like casually listen to these very often. They're just a little too much. Um, the loops are maybe that's just me. Uh, the loops are pretty short too, so they do get yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like They're even like for sure, even as like a huge Final Fantasy mark. I don't listen to the early soundtracks that often, like casually, because of the same thing. I don't need a thirty second loop uh, that they loop have to loop twice to even get an MP3 out <laughs> the door, right? Like, <laughs> um, uh, and it's fine. That's fine. I um, I I generally tend to three and four having I think are, are just a sound I'm more into. Um, I one just being a, on a different console with a whole different sound spectrum just stands out as very different. It's uh, it's not as like menacing to me. It's much more poppy, and I, I appreciate that. Um, but if, if you made me put money on one, it'd probably be three. It's just the one that's like stuck with me the most. I think the other. But it's also 
Uh, it's also when i moved from like handhelds to playing them on my tv and like getting my sound dialed in and i'm like yeah i want to make sure i'm using this genesis sound chip with this audio filter from this (laughs) genesis (laughs) so you know a little biased on those back two that way oh and thinking about that like you know i you know going going back to like that um and like you know you trying to find the right chip set to dial and everything like that oh i mean the answer for uh, the mister allows you to use both Genesis sound chips because they change them in the model two and three. You don't ever want those. You want the model one. Sometimes you want the filter from the later Genesis, uh-huh. but you never want the chip. <laughs> the one thing I you never want the chip. The chip's worse. The one thing I do love about Fantasy Star One soundtrack um, that I think is really, really phenomenal is they use the shit out of that noise channel. Yeah, like they use it for everything, <laughs> and it's so great. Um, yeah. Like, it's just like, we want three snare drums. We use the noise gates. Like, let's go for it. Um, but um, I think the thing the thing that I like about the Fantasy Star soundtracks is that they, even like, you know, whether one, you know, two, like, two through four, um, they're on an FM chip. And we don't, you don't hear a lot um, of JRPGs using an FM chip, like, most don't use FM synthesis. They're, you know, the Genesis, it had. No, I, mm-hmm. I was going to say the, the only other thing I can think of is like some, some East stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, the DLC for Etrian Odyssey. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's, 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 you know, you got to either get Yuzo, you know, Koshiro, like, you know, specifically being like, no, no, I really like the PC 88 and shit. Y'all uh, listen to this version. Um, or, you know, you're, you're playing Fantasy Star. But like, um, like you know, once the SNES, you know, become and you know, and then ultimately the PlayStation become the systems for JRPGs, you're hearing those sounds, and they're a completely different aesthetic than the Genesis, um, mm-hmm. which is what I really, I really, you know, one of the things that I really like about the Fantasy Star games, even if they are very grind heavy, and the loops are a little bit tight. <laughs> What what we need to do is get really into Japanese home computers because that's where all the Yamaha sound is. No, I um yeah I, I tried with the PC eighty eight emulator <laughs> and uh, I just sat there and looked at it for like an hour and it was just like no, I'm not going to run your game. I was like fine. I was trying to get I was trying <laughs> to run uh the the action uh Shin Megami Tensei. Oh yeah okay. The Telnet, the Telnet, uh, Megami Tensei, not the, the, yeah. the, the Namco Atlas one. Yeah. Uh, and I could not get to work to save my life. It's just like, fine, I quit. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, go back to the questions. Uh, uh, Bram writes in, why is it that I don't know anything about Fantasy Star via cultural osmosis like I do with SMT or Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, despite the fact that they just keep releasing them? Is it all PSO's fault? No, I, I genuinely don't think it has anything to do with PSO. No, because Sega doesn't do popularize PSO either. Yeah. yeah. Like, how long did it take um, to get Fantasy Star 2 over here? Or Online 2? I just think it's the fact that there was no Fantasy Star happening in like the late 90s and early aughts in a way that mattered. Yeah, it was early, and if you didn't have a Genesis, you never even were exposed to it. And even if you did, if you weren't playing JRPGs, you wouldn't have seen it. And they weren't really pushed after that ever. Yeah. So nobody, most people haven't heard of it. Most people 
didn't know what SMT was until Persona blew up. I know that D is going to take umbrage at that, but it's true. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's, that is true. Like, you know, um, the only reason I knew about Persona is because I saw the weird Persona Revelations box at Blockbuster. I was like, this is weird looking. I'll take mm-hmm. this home. Oh, this is insane. I'm, I love this. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, and I just, Sega's bad at advertising anything. Um, and there's no games. It's over. It ended before most people who would care about this were born. Yeah, and Fantasy Star was done before even like the Saturn or the Dreamcast, where yeah, even when people go back and say, "Oh, this was great Sega time period," it was before those. So. Yeah, I generally just feel like Mega Drive games are like, unless you grew up with them, are just not things people go back to that much in a way that's weird. I say this as someone who didn't grow up with it and have made a concerted effort to try to play more of them because they're weird and interesting, and I have no historical context for them. Uh, at least in America, the Nintendo kids fucking won, and they're so obnoxious about it. And if they did, and number two is the PC guys who also suck. <laughs> it is really uh, wild because like a number of my friends and I like we've worked on this before, but um, the Nintendo kids won and the Ninten- Nintendo versus Genesis really does skew like white versus people of color. It's really funny how it works out. Like if like, you know, you just take impartial polls of like, like who we you know. Which of your friends owned the like SNES versus the Genesis? Like, yeah, white kids. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I don't, I don't know. I didn't know anyone who wasn't white growing up. <laughs> so <laughs> that yeah, checks out. I was in a similar boat, and I was the only one with the Genesis <laughs> that I knew anywhere. Yeah, there was one kid with the Genesis. I played Sonic on it, and I was like, "This isn't as good as Mario." And then I never paid attention to the Genesis again. <laughs> And you could have been playing Shadowrun. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could play the Shadowrun uh, SNES, and that one's just as fine. I would not have played Shadowrun on any of them. Wow. That's just a personal fault. Not at the time. I mean, now, <laughs> sure. But, like, I had not... It was not what I was playing, right? I didn't know what an RPG was uh, back then. Um, all right. Uh, last question from Ina. I only played the first fantasy star and I'm really going to miss the first person dungeons. Please tell me what games would be improved by having first person dungeons. You can't say none. You have to pick one. Persona. Um, the- <laughs> Ooh, that's a good choice. Gauntlet down, bitches. Um, my thing is, um, I think demon negotiation and fusing are both really boring. You can't fix persona as long as SMTs about those things. There, it, there's nothing good about it. I just hate them. I've played too many of the SMT games and I don't ever want to fuse, never want to negotiate again. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, it's a real bummer. I was playing through Persona 2 and I was like, I can't, if I have to if I have to negotiate with another demon, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I feel like I've talked to these guys for 10 years and I was like, wait, I have been talking to these same guys for 10 years. Chat GPT Persona 6. Let's go. God, miserable. <laughs> you could have real conversations with NPCs. <laughs> if 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 an AI company wants to turn the youth for their device, they just need to do this. Back up the money truck, have Atlas put a chat GBT in one of their games, and people will be all in on AI because they'll be like, I can talk to my party members forever. S-Link level 8,000 because they just keep writing dialogue. <laughs> miserable um i will say uh, more than the first person dungeons the thing in fantasy star one that i really liked um was just the way in which like 
talking to people in the towns felt like an adventure game. I was going to say, it's, 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 I was just going to say, it's the Portopia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it really feels like a marriage of like adventure game and, uh, you know, RPG aesthetics in a way that's cool. I've, I've, I'm always, I'm always here saying people should play Portopia. It's like one of the most important games nobody in the West has played. <laughs> um, but I am saying that once again. Or at least play, um, what is it? Uh, God, I can never remember the name because it's so like jumbled up in my head. Uh, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. Yeah, I haven't played that. That's all my to do list because you keep telling me to do yeah. it. Yeah, I it was one of those games that I rented when I was like it was like it was at, at Errol's Video, which was like the weird mm-hmm. video store that you kind of only went to if Blockbuster really struck out and your mom was being nice and like she would take you to a second place. Um, mm-hmm. And like there was this like weird, you know. They had like the kind of uh, like you know earthbound style kind of claymation people like kind of illustrate on the box, and I was like, this looks weird. I'm gonna take this home, and it was changed my life. And uh, then Errol's went away uh, before I could rent it again, and it was just like this mystery game in my head for years that no one uh, I talked to they'd be like, what are you are you're insane? Why are you why are you talking to me about this weird fever dream game? <laughs> Um, I think my first person dungeon answer is not one that would necessarily be improved, but I do think it'd be interesting to explore is I would like a Witcher game in first person. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because huh. uh, so much of that game is about personal like prep and positioning um, for your guy to not get destroyed by the monsters you're up against. And I think that would work in a methodical dungeon crawling scenario. Make more weird Witcher games. I'm, I generally like The Witcher, but they, the, the way that whole franchise went to becoming uh, a light action game is just not frustrating to me. <laughs> I you know, honestly, I don't know games that are that improved by first person. Like, I'm trying to think of mm. it, like, and like, you know, like my answer, Persona, it's like, um, that's just because I don't think much of the dungeons in the persona games after one, like one had some good dungeons. Um, but mm. like, like the, the thing about persona and uh, soul hackers that I thought was fun and, and even um, a little bit of uh, this is in um, strange journey is the aesthetic of first person dungeons, but in modern spaces is just really cool. Yes. <laughs> um, like that persona one, like when you're like tracking around like the school and then the hospital and like, especially like, yes. Uh, and then you gotta get to, you know, like the warehouse, like it's like just a very weird way of exploring the space, especially with the speed at which one moves through first person dungeons compared yes. to, you know, the kind of standard isometric, uh, JRPG, uh, you like you, you, you are blazing through hallways in, uh, your standard first person, like wiz- wizardry, like, um, and it, it makes interacting with those modern spaces very jarring and weird and alienating that in a way that I find compelling. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of one. Uh, I haven't played it much really, but I've seen some LPs and stuff, but first person Xenoblade. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I just think it'd be an interesting way to work, see those environments and stuff. And, uh, I think that it'd be neat to see how they adapt it to that type of perspective. I was thinking like, I feel like the obvious answer is to like, Oh, suddenly it's like a Skyrim, but the, the idea of like a grid based dungeon crawler, but it's an open world. Like Xenoblade is fascinating to me. Well, um, mm-hmm. it'd be like the zine games. That's like uh, wizardry eight wizardry eight. Is that, is that 
Yeah, yeah. Wizardry 8 did that too. Yeah, I was thinking of Might and Magic, like the world of Zine, but yeah. Dark Side and These are that. all out of my awareness. I need to go look at video of these games. Yeah, but they, they did the, like, you know, um, the open world uh, kind of, you know, blobber um, that... You know, they were much more limited in scope compared to Skyrim, obviously, because they came out like a decade yeah. before. But uh, they did try it. There's, a, there's actually a new game. Uh, I tweeted about it the other day uh, that's coming out that's going to be an open world, uh, you know, dungeon crawl, first person blobber, which seems interesting. Um, uh, all right. That's it for questions. Uh, Abnormal Mapping Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, before we go, you have to pick one favorite fantasy star game. Two. I mean, three. Easy for me. Um, I think I'm going to go four. I think four has just got the polish that I want to say three, but I think it's just me reacting to everyone saying three is like bad. Don't play it. And they're wrong about that. But I think four has just got uh, that extra spice of being incredibly I mean, with, slick and anime. Yeah. With the cutscenes and everything and the, all the callbacks and ha- the Gameplay, I can't argue with The fact that it's the final one, but it takes place a thousand years before the third one. Like, yeah, good shit. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's uh, very good. Fantasy Star is great. People should play it if you have not. Uh, The act of playing it is still fulfilling, even if you've listened to all this. (laughs) I would check it out. Yeah, because we didn't even get into all the weird plot shit that happens in, like, two. Oh, yeah, it was... Yes. I did my best not to just start discussing all that the stuff in detail and just going over it because we could go for another two hours of talking just about the plot of two and three and four. Yeah, uh, they're they're full on games. They're they're uh, big. Uh, Fast Star one pretty short, but the other ones are not short games. <laughs> they're like twenty thirty hour games. Um. All right. That is it. We'll be back with a, a full me and Jackson normal mapping at the end of the month to talk about Mutazion as announced. Uh, plugs. Emerson, do you like to plug anything? Uh, I mean, I'm on the Discord. Uh, I'm, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it for much other than occasionally retweeting or talking to friends. So yeah, uh, nothing major for me to promote. All right. Uh, Dia. Uh, you can find me at Dia basically everywhere. I got Let's Plays on YouTube. You know, there's a Patreon. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be doing another Space Quest with B&M. Yeah, we can see the end of them all. Hopefully, our video Hopefully works Hopefully, it'll this work time. this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just watched that last one. That uh... <laughs> Look, we tried. I want to talk I enjoyed about... the conversation. Yes. That's all I want. I just want to look at them all some more. <laughs> that's why i didn't try too hard because i'm like well we're still gonna have to do the mall like we only did part of it so like whatever like we'll, we'll get yeah. video work in this time um, yeah uh that robot man's horrible noises were captured for all eternity they sure were God. um all right uh you can find me on twitter at ian b you can find all the podcasts that i do at enrollmapping.com um we uh soon Probably a couple days after this comes out. I don't know. I don't edit it. Uh, my kind of now on hiatus uh, Tolkien read through podcast bag and book club is coming back as Mordor movie night. As we watch all awesome. of the Lord of the Rings movies. The first one we'll be watching is the Rankin Bass Hobbit, uh, which I have to do probably tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to it because that movie is great. It is great. I watched that with my five year old a uh, month or so ago. Oh, good. Cool. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember really liking it. I just don't like that weird little potato person. Uh, fair enough. 
You're they, just, they just draw him <laughs> such a weird little potato person with the little cap and everything. I can't do it. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, thanks for coming through. Uh, thanks, Emrys, for wanting to do this. Um, oh, thank yeah, you for having thank me. You. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Uh, it was exciting to play through all these. Dia's trying to get me to play Shining Force now. I don't know if I'm going to. Oh, that's another great one. That was the second JRPG I ever played. Hope you like tactics games. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, that was my into tactics games, because every time tactics comes up, I'm like, I don't really like I tactics I think technically games. I was trying to get so. Jackson to play Shining Force. Okay. Fair I enough. would get you to play Sorcerian next if I was gonna if I had my way of okay. trying to strong arm you into things. I am playing Chrono Cross. You can't. Oh stop yeah, that's me. right. You're playing Chrono play Cross. I'm happy. You finally, you're doing it. Okay. <laughs> All you gotta do is Xenogears now, and you'll fulfill the prophecy. Um, Xenogears is probably pretty far down my list. I'll be honest with you. I know. Trevor and I are gonna do the oh. Xeno Saga after we finish the Derby arc. The Derby oh, Arcs have been for four years, so I'm not really on a, in a rush, you know? Damn. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> really? I'm not sure you're going to finish uh, <laughs> Dark Souls 2 by the end of this year. The way it's That's like the way yeah, Look, things are going. Ilium Voice is big, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that game yeah. never ends. It's, yeah, no, it's 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 big. Well, they really went all out for, <laughs> for the, the DLC. Yeah, well, if you ever get to Xenosaga, you can just endlessly play the card game and never finish it, so. I'm no, I hated the card game the first time around. I'd never do that again. <laughs> See, I like the card game in Xenosaga. I spent way too much time I hate card one. games and games. Oh, That's no a good general rule. I got really into Triple Triad, and then that was it. I was out, never again. I did Tetramaster, <laughs> and I was like, nope, nope. Oh, Tetramaster is so much worse. Yeah. It is worse than Triple yeah. Triad. And they used to charge for it on the Play Online service. God. $7 a month if you want to play Tetramaster with other people online, bitches. No no card game is worth $7 a month. That's no, the rules that's to live true. by. That's better than never play $20 for a video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you both for coming through. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back uh, at the end of the month. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.